Good morning and welcome to the latest episode of the Estate Agency podcast. Today I'm with Luke Sinclair from Knightsbridge Estate Agents in Leicester. Hello Stephen. And Andy Overman, branch manager of Chilterns in Thetford, who's decided to be radio silence for once. So <laughs> delighted, delighted for that. So um, we're here from um, Andy very shortly. Shall we enjoy that moment whilst we can? We are. I'm celebrating yeah. now. <laughs> we're not no talking about um, Spurs being above Arsenal or Arsenal being above Spurs. So a um, right. bit of silence for once. Um, so I'm delighted to welcome onto the show today, um, Mr. Matt Steinwade, um, another top, 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 top agent in Australia. So Matt, um, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you for our listeners in the UK? Yeah, I'm, um, thanks. Well, I'm an agent that works in a coastal town in, uh, it's called the Central Coast, just about an hour north of Sydney. And yeah, and I am the number one agent for McGrath. McGrath's a brand over here that's quite well known and popular, and about a thousand agents in the company. And that's me. Congratulations. Nice to be speaking to number one in the whole company. So, congratulations. That must be a phenomenal achievement. Um, can you tell us, Matt, what's your typical day look like? Okay, um, usually surf in the mornings at about 5.30 and then come home. Well, today it's different than it used to be. And I think if there's a lot of young agents out there, um, I used to letterbox drop from about 4.30 in the morning and then I would prospect all day when I had no stock or little stock and I would door knock the entire day and then I would fold letters until midnight and I'd do it all again the next day. So that was my starting sort of... I guess, structure. And then over the years, um, you, you fit appointments into that. But I have been a prospecting machine my, my entire career. And um, these days, I um, go surfing at 5.30, go to the office for a team meeting at about 9 o'clock, then prospect for about an hour, then back-to-back appointments till the, um, till the hour or late in the arvo. Then I try and go to the gym if I can. Okay, lovely. I like that surfing at half five in the morning. That's great. But what fascinates me is um, the commitment and discipline you you must have um, to do that prospecting, um, to do those letter drops, to continuously ju- do it. Um, and I think <laughs> there's a reason why you're number one um, yeah. with that commitment and that discipline. So thank you for sharing that. Luke, um, I know you've been over to Eric um, three times. And I think you have the um, pleasure and honour of listening to Matt speak and uh, Eric um, three years ago. And I know you've got a question for uh, Matt. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, like, like Stephen said, I've had the pleasure in, in being fortunate enough to go to Eric. So anyone that doesn't know what Eric is, that's the uh, Australasia Real Estate Convention uh, held at the Gold Coast every year around May. I think it's in June um, next year in 2019. Um, but in the first year that I went, uh, one of the speakers that um, stuck with me uh, was you, Matt, um, and the story um, that, that you told us about the lemon moment. And, and ever since then, on our daily, on our board within the offices, we have uh, just a picture of a lemon just to remind people about we need to provide these lemon moments for, for people. And they know uh, the Matt story around that. Um, but um, when it comes to 
um, providing service. Um, you, you also had a similar experience when you went away with your wife recently uh, or in the past. Um, I'd like the listeners at home to, to kind of hear, hear that because I found that really fascinating. Yeah, it was quite a few years ago now and it was my wife at the time. She, um, so we went to, uh, I spoke about 15 years ago at a conference and we came downstairs, walked through the lobby of this big massive hotel and there was this doorman who was like so enthusiastic, just beaming with happiness. He was yelling out, good morning, good morning from all the way across the lobby. And, and I, I looked around and I thought, I wonder who he's talking to. He must be like some sort of celebrity behind us or something. I don't know. And he was he was just so into it. And after a bit, he sort of kept doing it and realised it was just for us. And then he he went out and he was just so animated, like literally so animated and engaged. And then he called a cab and went out, ran out in the middle of the road and was almost like, um, I don't know, dancing in the middle of the road, trying to signal a cab to come over. He opened the doors got in the car and then he leant across me, like literally got in the cab and put my seatbelt on and then we drove off and he was standing there just waving. Like literally, with it was like we were the only people in that whole hotel and it it really like made such an impression. I just could not, the whole day I was like, that guy was just amazing. And then about 12 years later, um, my wife got a invite to her best friend's wedding and the, on the invite, it said recommended hotel to stay at was the Hilton. And so we pulled it up, had a look. And I, I said to her, why don't we stay at Manuel's hotel? And she looks around at me and she said, how did you even remember that guy's name? And I, I said, I don't know. And I, she said, well, what, what's their hotel's name? And I couldn't think of it. Just couldn't remember the hotel. It was like Grand or casino I have no idea it took me about 15 minutes I was like Sky City Grand so booked there went over halfway over on the plane I turned to her and said do you even think he still works there or I think she said it to me do you think he even still works and I was like I don't know hope so in the cab on the way there I was just so keen to like see him again and when we turned up he wasn't there and I was really bummed and over the next sort of day or so, up and down, sort of as you come and go, wasn't there. And then came back the following night and he was standing on the door. And we literally ran up to him and jumping and Manuel, Manuel, how are you going? And he was like, he was a bit freaked out, but I was that pumped to see him. And I got some pictures with him and whatnot. But the thing, the thing I think about with that, he's a doorman, gets paid minimum wage. I asked him, why are you so good? And in his Thai accent, he's just a small Thai guy. And he said the whole reason that he is so focused and you know, he didn't say why he's good, but the whole purpose around him being that doorman was to put his kids through university. And it just screamed volumes to me that, you know, the money, I'm sure, I'm sure he needs more money or whatever, but it wasn't the role, it wasn't the title. It was literally the way he made people feel every day. And I reckon that hotel would get that much repeat business because of him. And I couldn't remember the name of the hotel, which would have cost hundreds of millions to build. But I remember this guy, 12 years later, who all he did was make me smile. And I've never, that's never left me. I've told tens of thousands of people about him. 
Wow, that's, um, that's 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 excellent. And Stephen, what? So from from an estate agency um, perspective, what do you think um, anyone listening to this podcast could could take from from Matt's um, story and experience there? I've written three words down: make people feel. Um, so how are you making your vendors, your landlords, your buyers, your tenants feel? Um, and when I came to Eric and Luke, I don't know if you remember, we met um, Patrick. And, yes, Patrick uh, here. And he was very generous and took us up to, um, I think it was a Sky Tower, 77th floor with fantastic views. Um, but one of the things that I remember him saying was treat everybody as if it was your mother. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're walking into your mother's property, you know, how would you expect you, you know, how would you expect your mother to be treated? Um, and I think that's a great story, you know, just how can you make people feel? Um, and this is a tough job. And, you know, we have up and ups and downs and there's a lot of rejection and it's a roller coaster. But that next person that we deal with, we don't know what's, you know, um, how, how they don't know how we feel and um, we want to treat them incredibly well and make them feel special Um, and I think that's an absolute phenomenal phenomenal story Um, I'm also fascinated to know about the lemon story as well if we got time um, on that Matt yeah I can be really quick with that one okay um, thank you so I uh, I work a core area and one of the reasons I'm known so well in Australia across the real estate industry is because of the system that I created about working a core area and gaining market share and holding market share. So the area that I still work today is called Womberall. And I door knocked one day on this house and it was, I didn't know at the time, but it was the best street in Womberall. Old people lived there and I got to know them pretty well. So I was just randomly door knocking and I thought, oh, this is a nice house. So um, I stayed in contact with them and Mr. and Mrs. Harding became very friendly with me. And over the years, he died. And then Mrs. Harding went to a home and she died. Now, I probably kept in contact with them for 15 years, maybe. And when they died, the, especially if I've kept in close contact with people, the family usually ring me if the people die, just to at least go and see the property. But no one rang. House stayed shut up. It was a bit of an iconic property as well, one of those classic old houses, 180 degree views, massive big block. Um, and I used to drive past and think, well, I wonder what's happening with the Harding's house. And for year, like maybe three years, four years, just nothing. And I used to send stuff to the Harding family still and didn't hear anything. Then I sold a house in the street behind and I get a call one day after I'd sold it and the guy goes, uh, hello, Matt, Philip Harding here. And there was like a wealthy country family and they had a certain sound to their voice. And I was like, oh, you're joking. I was like, are you Harding? Harding from Clairvaux Road. He said, yeah, that's our family home. I was like, bloody hell. So um, anyway, he wanted to know how much the house was worth. And I said, could I come over and meet him and just whatever. And he said, no, 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 just email me some stuff. And I was like, I didn't want to sound dumb. I was like, okay. So I went back to the office, spent hours sending this amazing email that I thought it was. And I never heard back from him. So a couple of weeks went by and I was in a house just a couple of doors down from the Hardings. And I was standing in the kitchen and the owners there said to me halfway through the appointment, oh, we saw Tim Andrews walk out of the Harding's house the other day. And I was like, you're joking. I was in my mind. I was like, you're joking. He's my main competitor. I was like, are you kidding me? So this is, you got to remember, this is like 20 years of solid prospecting for this house. And 
uh, you know when you're in an appointment and your brain goes elsewhere, you're smiling like it's like trying to be a bit fake. And I, I just wanted to get out of the house and then ring them. So I ringed Philip, got out of the house as quick as I could, ringed Philip. And I said, oh, Philip, it's Matt from McGraw. And he's like, what, 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 couldn't really remember me. And um, I said, oh, did you get my email? And he goes, oh, yeah, but it really meant nothing to me. And I said to him, are you at the house? And he said, yeah. I said, can I come around? And I was like 10 metres away. So I was, he goes, look, all right, come over. So I drove straight over, met him, walked through the house, and he turns to me and says, look, my brother, who's the executor, has pretty much decided to go with another agent. And I was like, oh, you're joking. I was like, oh, really? Who, who's this? And it was just some random agent. And I said, why would you choose him? And he said, oh, my brother just said, he seems like a nice fellow. Let's just give it to him. And I said to Philip, he doesn't even sell houses around here. Um, I said, is there any way I can get involved in, in the decision-making or anything? He said, oh, look, my brother's a doctor in Sydney. My sister's the account, an accountant. She, they're both executors. They pretty much made up their mind. So he said, look, put together a proposal. I'll take it to our next family meeting. So I went back. I spent literally a day putting this king of all proposals together, dropped it over. He rings me up um, the following day and says, and says to me, can you come back over? I think you need to make some changes to your proposal. I'd like to try and give you a hand if I can. Can you come over? And I was like, yeah, sure. When do you want me there? He goes, 6.30 tonight. So I ring him at about 6.10 something like that, and said, Philip, is it still okay to come over? All good. It was daylight savings here, so it was like a really hot summer afternoon. And he says, oh, look, look, Matt, I'm really upset at the moment. I'm really sorry about this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like thinking, oh, no, they've just gone with the other agent. I said, what, what's wrong? He said, look, I'm, I'm really, really beside myself. It's not the night for this. He said, I went to the local fish and chip shop to buy my dinner. And they proceeded to make my dinner and, you know, they've had, they had no lemon. No lemon. Can you believe it, Matt? No lemon. And I was like, oh, that's terrible. Can I still come over there? And he, he said, look, it's, I'm just not in the best of spirits. My dinner is ruined. Look, come over. But I, I, I have to say to you, I'm not really in the mood for it. So I got off the phone. I rang someone that works with me and I said, mate, Drop what you're doing. His name's Jimmy. Drop what you're doing. Go to the supermarket. Buy two lemons. Have them there within five minutes before I get there. And I was driving over thinking, oh, please be there. So I turned up, walked up the driveway, and Philip's standing on the balcony. It's a pointy balcony. Standing on the balcony, and he screams at the top of his lungs, that is the best piece of customer service I have ever seen in my life. I've called my brothers and sisters and said, these are the people we need to be doing business with. And I got the listing. <laughs> brilliant. 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 Absolutely, brilliant. Amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. For a massive price. And it was just really, really good. But the thing I've learned from that is the proposal didn't mean too much to them. The company didn't mean so much. And not, neither the agent it was the care factor. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, amazing, amazing story. And it is about creating those uh, those lemon moments um and that's something that's stuck with me um as as how i phrase it um after seeing you at eric so um and unfortunately um the silence has now been broken by um andy we've had uh, nearly 15 minutes of silence from andy but he has returned so i know andy's keen to ask uh, matt a question and uh, steal the limelight so over to you andy 
<laughs> Thanks. And Matt, I'm going to uh, carry lemons in my car now for every listing presentation, <laughs> just in case. Very good. Um, Matt, you produce a vlog, um, which is very topical and very interesting. What's the idea behind it? I don't know. Um, I think it's what just interests me. So the vlog, I guess. So I started doing things years ago. And I, I was doing these Monday starters uh, just once a week. And, and a lot of people in my area owners, people, whatever, started watching them. And just just generally. And then I thought, well, this is many years ago. And I thought, well, the online space, if you don't get ahead of the curve, you're going to get left, left behind. So I, in my area, I have a really large profile as an agent. But sometimes as agents, people don't really get to know you. Like they, they think you're up yourself or you know, you're arrogant or I get all sorts of things, but um, because the better you do, sometimes it polarizes people. So I thought if I can connect with more people and they can sort of get a sense of who I am and what interests me and also like the human side of me, maybe it might um, not change your profile, but make your profile more accepted because because it's a little country town here. It's not like London or something like that. It's a small place where I work. And, you know, I sell about 200 homes a year in this small place. So you can get sort of like a bit too big for your boots in some people's eyes. So that was just one of the reasons behind it. And the other one is just speaking and connecting with people like yourselves and all over the place. So over time, hopefully it just builds more and more. That's great. It kind of personalizes your brand. And I think it adds a, a layer of authenticity about everything that you do. It's familiarization. We've spoken previously um, with uh, John McGraw and Tom Panos and other guests who have said about the digital interview. And I, I guess that's becoming more and more prevalent in uh, in real estate today, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. I think now people are, um, well, you know, even the physiotherapist that I go to, every person that rings in as a new appointment, she Facebooks them, she checks them out. I think she's a bit of a sticky bee, but that aside, <laughs> it, um, but that even that going to a physio, they really check out who you are. So I just listed a house that is, I don't know if you have Westfields over there. They're, they're a massive shopping center chain over here. And, yeah, we have those here. Yeah. So I just listed one of the bosses of Westfields house. And super successful guy, and he watches my Monday starters. And I just thought it was really interesting, someone even at that level, super busy guy, in his 60s, um, connect, connected with me before I even saw him um, through those, just you know, sharing what's what I find interesting. So, so would you attribute uh, a part of that uh, winning the listing as the digital interview process that you've had so far so that your Monday starters everything that you're doing would you attribute some of the success in winning that listing to to what you've been doing in the weeks months and years building up to that yeah I reckon for sure it's like um yeah it just, it just makes it helps people feel like they know you a little bit um yeah definitely and I think if any agent is listening to this and they're scared of talking in front of a camera or unsure what to do I think if they don't, they, they will get definitely left behind. You know, you just, if, you're, if there's a young agent that comes into your market, 
that's aggressive, prospects really hard, online savvy, keen, just not not scared of anything, just keen to make noise, they're going to win. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. I reckon they're going to win over time. I think, uh, Matt, that's now um, digital interview is creating a level playing field, whereas before yeah. you didn't have it, and it's getting your name out there, your face out there um, to loads of people by adding loads of value, and it's making yeah. a big, big difference, um, definitely making it level player field. So, Matt, um, challenges. What challenges do you see in the real estate industry in the coming months, years? Technology. So I reckon technology is going to, and we're, we're right in the midst of this at the moment. It's um, technology. People won't have agents out to their house in the not too distant future. So the technology is getting so good. You know how you, I don't know what you have over there, but we have like Price My House and, you know, realestate.com have, you know, rough estimates and this sort of stuff. But in their forecasting in a year, two, three, the technology is going to get so good that people can literally price their house within like single digit percents to work out what it's worth. So they, they almost won't need an agent to do it anymore. And I reckon some of these bigger sites are going to be able to connect buyers to properties in some way. So why would you use an agent? Then people would say, well, why would we even need an agent? And it's going to be for experience. Like as in not the experience to say this is how much your home is worth, the experience of the process. So I reckon the the low cost model is probably going to get larger. You know, that purple bricks, whatever they are. Yep. That, that sort of stuff. And the experience model is going to get larger. And there's not going to be much in between. So if you're a small operator on the corner store or like corner store operator small giving average service just you know that sort of thing they're going to go all of them are going to go i reckon and it's going to be either one or the other low cost or great experience like a louis vuitton prada that type of environment where people will pay to have a, an awesome experience with a company that's why i think now more than ever service will be a thing that will keep their company relevant Back to the back to the lemons. Yeah, back to the lemons. Totally. <laughs> so, um, so, so on on that, Matt, uh, you you see the opportunities in the future then as being the experience that you're giving uh, a customer um, and that relationship that you've that you've built with them. So, what does what does that look like to to Matt Steinwade and his team uh, in terms of the experience? How how do you see that exceptional service in the future? Mm. Mm. It's a hard. It's sort of what we do now, but I think, I think sometimes volume brings challenges. So as an agent, we want to write a million dollars or two million or five million or whatever. But I think sometimes agents don't understand because you know how they stand up and go, "Oh, I want to write a million dollars," but that brings a lot of headaches. So I think the danger there is there's a bit of a misalignment with writing big numbers in real estate and providing great service. There's definitely a danger zone there. So in terms of a company, it would be a centralised, I think Boxton's and these types of people do it already, but a centralised, you've got to take stuff off the agent. So you've got to take the database management off the agent, the follow-up, the past client management, even the buyer side of it, like have listing agents, buyer agents, buyer agents very separate. 
and try and keep the the volume away from the listing agent so much. And I think the companies are going to have to invest heavily in, in great support pods almost around the agents. I think once that happens, the experience will be phenomenal because I reckon real estate's semi-broken as it is because, you know, one person, two people, I, I have a team of eight people that work with me, but there's still lots of holes. It's really, really difficult because the more you get, the more you do, the more things you've got to remember. Um, there's a lot of juggling that goes on it. So you put a singular agent that's got to do all the follow-up, all the settlements, all the stuff themselves. Like it's just a recipe for disaster half the time. I guess technology and automation will solve part of that problem. But I want to drill in, Matt, to um, your, your team and the mindset. You are a phenomenal leader. You've got an exceptional business model. How do you ensure your team are the very best that they could be, the very best versions of themselves? We're going to want to be there. Like the team culture is the number one thing. And there's been times where it's been good and not so good. And you can tell when it's not so good for various reasons, the results aren't there. So you've got to have people that actually really want to buy into your vision. Um, and that's one thing that I've, I've definitely done well over the years is I've always attracted people who have bought into the vision of expansion, in, um, improving their personal life as well, like improving their, their financial position. And so the benefit of that, I think sometimes people, like as a leader of a team, um, and I work, just so it's clear, I work my own pod within the company. Uh, we have about 150 people that work with us, but my business partner runs the business. I don't have anything to do with it. So um, my own team, I think I'm really interested in, in their personal side. You know, what do they want out of life? What's it, what interests them? And that I think when people feel like that you do have a big care factor around helping them get ahead, not just me, raking it all in and, you know, eating it like a big greedy blob. Um, they, they tend to want to do a, a great job. And so yeah. when the, um, when the team, when, when, when you're at that low ebb, we work in a high pressure environment, Matt, and, and it's impossible to be a hundred percent peak a hundred percent of the time when your team are at that low ebb or you do sense that there's, um, perhaps ill feeling or lethargy or, you know, it's, it's not gelling in the way that it possibly could. What does Matt Steinway do to, to lift the team? What's, what's your key ingredient? What's your, what's your impetus in that? Depends. So I've had some people with me for, in my personal team for 15 years and I've had others that last a year and I can just feel if they, you know, if they, if they're just not, if they if they see it as a job, then they can't sort of work with us. Like it's it's like an all in all the time. But if they get tired, we make them go on holidays. I'm just acutely aware of their energy. Um, but you just you can't train hunger, and I, I love hungry people because you don't need to motivate them. It's like, and that's where their personal side comes in. Like people will, especially if they have an environment where you can sort of talk openly, like. If someone has a problem with their kids at home or this or that, or they, they need time off, it's not that, oh, I've got to ask for a day off or anything like that. It's sort of up to them. I don't have any hours that they need to work. I don't really know what they do. They just like are quite invested in doing the best job they physically can. So I don't run the team like, a, you know, you must be here, you must do this. It's just a heap of work that needs to get done every day and get to the end and do it really well. That's, that's sort of my management style. 
phenomenal. Yeah. Luke, you've got a listener question this week. Yes, so uh, Richard uh, Morris uh, from Newton Fallowell um, in Loughborough has, uh, has contacted me, um, also runs the positivity channel of EA Mindset, and I know that he um, he follows you around on Instagram all the time, uh, Matt, but he's got a question. Um, so um, as, as an agent acting on the street, um, how do you manage your staff and teams effectively when you're not there? And what does this structure look like? Mm. I don't. I'm not there a lot. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm literally out and about most of the day. Like they're just great people that don't need any guidance. And if any of them do, they're probably not the right fit for us. Um, they're, they're all very self like they're, they're like a little team that bounce around each other um yeah i don't really have i know that sounds funny but when i'm not there um everything still runs a million percent but i suppose it all comes back to what you talked about earlier is you've got that team culture and they're brought into your vision and sharing the team's vision so that they've got that same want and passion and uh, and the fact that you get involved in their personal side and, and you've obviously recruited them on their hungerness as well um, to, to kind of follow that same, uh, same appetite for, uh, for wanting to succeed. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I do want to make it clear, like I work really hard, like super, super, super hard. It might look like on some of the videos and stuff I don't, but I think they know the level of expectation, just not that I have of myself, not of them that I have of myself and we have, we, our target every month is to list 20 and sell 20 every month and they can sort of see where it's at. You know, they, you know, people are their own worst critics sometimes and it's, if they're off or we didn't quite make it, which we don't, you know, there's the rare occasion we don't, the market's eased a little bit. So we haven't, we were a bit short last month, but they know, you know, they, they don't need to be told and um, can on that other note about how to keep things energised and whatever, I quite like people working from home when they want to. So the, the PAs or the people in general, um, like I promote that, like just, and they just choose to when they want to. So that's just another thing, that mental flexibility and that mental freedom that they're not um, made to do anything. I think actually it helps people perform better. Matt, thank you so, so much for your time um, today. Really grateful for it. Um, I'm going to remember Lemons now. I'm going to be talking it to Mrs. Brown. Um, I'm going to be talking about Manuel, um, not the Manuel that we know on 40 Towers, um, but the Manuel at the hotel, um, which was a great, great story. Um, Monday starters, um, love that. Um, the care factor. Um, how you make people feel. So thank you so much for your time. Um, Luke, look forward to speaking to you next time, Andy, yep. as well. Um, so please rate and review the show. And if you know any estate agents that you feel will benefit from um, these, or if there's anybody else you would like us to speak to and get on an interview, please do get in touch with us. Thank you so much, everybody, and have a great week. And the ways to reach out to Matt, we'll put in the notes for the podcast. So follow him on Instagram, um, prolific poster, but uh, certainly subscribe to his Monday starters. Um, and he'll, he'll give you that edge that you need at the start of each day. 
See you next time. Brilliant. Thank you all. Thanks, mate.